Hey, good afternoon, Saints. We're so glad that you're here to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, and I am so excited that you guys are here with us today. I want to share a few things with you, and I want you to really, really um, listen carefully. Um, what I want to talk to you about today <clears throat> is something so overlooked in our lives, in our culture, um, I want to talk to you about encouragement in difficult times. <clears throat> encouragement in difficult times. We live in, <clears throat> in a time right now to where encouragement is so, so neat, so much needed. Um, but what exactly does it look like? Many times we don't, we underestimate the impact that encouragement makes. Many people are not dealing with situations such as the things you might be dealing with at the same time. But I think we get so uh, engrossed in our own situations, in our own lives. And we forget that people are going through things. And how many times have you needed encouragement yourself? I want to start this out by going to a set of scriptures and let's just open up the foundation because if you don't draw anything else from this except for the fact of how necessary encouragement is and the impact that it makes in others' lives and how you have the ability to change someone's narrative, to change their perception, to change their outlook on whatever they are dealing with and the things that they're going through in life. We really, really don't see, and sometimes we underestimate, how can I change someone else's life? How can I give someone else hope? And it is so, so important to become an encourager. And in order to do that, you have to take your eyes off of you, take your eyes off of your situation, off of your life. Let's go to Hebrews, the third chapter, and let's read a set of scriptures um, that we can begin to build on. Um, Hebrews chapter three, and let's start reading at verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you should be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. In other words, exhort one another when you have opportunity, when you have the ability to lift someone up, when you have the ability to say a kind word, when you have the ability to compliment someone, when you have the ability to shine some hope and some light into another person's heart. You know, the Bible says, unless we become hard through the deceitfulness of sin, sin has a way of beating you down and making you feel defeated. It has a way um, of making you always on the defense it causes you to be walled up, causes you to be hard. And the thing about it is, is when you have an opportunity to soften someone's perception about the trial that they're in, about the things that they've gone through, you know, one thing I can tell you 
is many times people right around you need encouragement. Sometimes you see people and you think that they they got it all together and maybe they do. You, you know, you, you feel like that everything is going great in their life. Maybe it is. But you always have to realize that you cannot give or overdo encouragement because if someone is not going through something right now, your encouragement might prepare them for the difficult time that they might have ahead. Are you listening? So you have to come to a place to where you have just become an encourager. You know, it doesn't take much to look over at someone and tell them, you know, I thank God for you. Or to tell them, I'm praying for you. Are you listening? Many times we forget that. Many times we don't see it. Many times we underestimate the need for encouragement. But you know, why is encouragement so, so important? Because throughout the Bible, we constantly see that the Bible emphasizes encouragement. But why? Why is encouragement so emphasized and stressed in the word of God? If you would, I want you to go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I'll tell you, I'm going to show you and I'm going to give you uh, some type of an example, a metaphor to show you how encouragement trickles through the body. And when we begin to encourage one another, how important that is even to your own life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, "For Listen, for whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted or impacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself, unto the edifying of itself in love. Now, the body's the Bible says that the body is fitly joined together and compacted and impacted by that which every joint supply. It see, it doesn't matter. Sometimes we look at people and we don't think they need it. Sometimes we look at people and we think that, you know, you are an eagle on the mountain and you don't really need encouragement. But what does it take to tell someone how important they are in your life? How important they are to the body of Christ? How important they are in the grand scheme of things? You know, people will testify about that many, many months later and say, one day I was going through something, you know, uh, and, and you came up and you made a statement. That's why here's a here's a part of ministry that I think that we really underestimate. Let's take the parking lot ministry. I remember when I first started out, I got saved and I first started out working in the parking lot. God begins to show me. Sometimes you can make someone's day before they ever enter the building. Or you can wreck their day before they ever enter the building. You are the first responders. You are the first people that they see. And many times if you are prayed up and you are not out there just parking cars, but you are prayed up. 
someone might get out of their car and they might be smiling and you might give them a word of encouragement that will change their whole life. See, it's, it's impacted by that which every joint supply. We think that by the time they get to the pastor, by the time they get to the sermon, by the time they hear the praise and worship, let me tell you something, by the time they get that to those people and for that segment of the service, their day is either made or broken. Are you listening? Encouragement is so important. Sometimes we look at the age of people and say, you know, I, if they were older, they don't need encouragement. They're just young people. Sometimes you have to go to those young people and tell them how important they are in the grand scheme of things. Tell your son, tell your daughter, tell your niece, tell your nephew how important they are to you. Speak those words of encouragement, something that they can hang on because one thing about it, a parental voice or an authorized voice sometimes will become the inner voice to your children, to your niece, to your nephew. It is the voice they hear whenever they are going through a situation that might be too much for them to handle. It's that voice. It's what you said to them. Are you listening? We underestimate it. We only look at the big highs and not the small lows. Are you listening? We major on minors and we minor on majors. But the Bible says that the body is fitly joined together and compacted or impacted by that which every joint supplieth. And it says, according to effectual, the effectual working in the measure of how many parts? Every part. And it make it increase. It builds the body unto the edifying of itself. The body can edify itself by us encouraging one another. It can build up the body. You are part of the body. And when the body is built up, you are built up as well. Are you listening? So when you build up another person, you build up yourself because you are in that same body. You are a part partaker of that increase. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because if when you see it like that, most people don't see themselves as being a recipient, a recipient of, of, of power, of love, of, of, of increase, unless it's directly focused toward them. But when you build up the body, are you listening to what I'm saying? You are encouraging yourself in the process. Another reason why you should encourage people, take the opportunity to encourage people, is because people don't look like what they've been through. See, a lot of people who look good, a lot of people who are smiling, a lot of people who seem to have a world full of strength are in faith. Some of them are barely hanging on by a thread, but you wouldn't know that because they're not going to confess that. We need to encourage one another. Never look at a person and say they got it all together. They are a faith giant. They don't need encouragement. You follow what I'm saying? Many people, especially people who are in faith, 
are hanging on sometimes by a thread. And they need someone to speak something to them to let them know that they matter. Are you following what I'm saying? We have to become conscious of saying good things. Conscious of saying things to people you think don't need it. We have to become conscious of doing that. Let me continue to move on. Uh, people don't look like what they've gone through. They don't look like what they've been through. People don't look like what they are in. And we have to, you know, this year alone, I've listened to some people who have had the testimony of some really, really tough things that they've gone through. Some of them are physical. There are people who have overcome cancer. There are people who are dealing with all types of critical uh, disease and, 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 and been diagnosed with different things in their lives. There are people who have had all kinds of surgeries and you wouldn't know it. And all they need to know is that someone else cares about them. And sometimes, listen, church, sometimes we do, we slack on that. I've tried to make it my practice to even out to the smallest of kids, begin to tell them how important they are. Because when you do that, it gives them hope and it strengthens them because it allows them to realize I am important because the world is telling them that they are insignificant. The world is telling, and sometimes we don't even do it to our spouses. Sometimes you need to say to them, you know what? I know that we are riding high right now, but it wouldn't be that way without you. Are you listening? We fail to do that because we become too familiar with the people that we are around till we, we fail to appreciate them. We fail to tell them how much they matter. I'm trying to get this in your spirit to become an encourager. Are you listening? People need it. People need it. You have to encourage by faith. Are you listening? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's start reading at verse 21. And we're reading out of the NIV. It says that the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Did you get that? And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable or they're not seen or they're not in the open and not up front are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but the, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacks it. So that there should be no divisions, no schisms in the body, but that the parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you 
is a part of it. Now, what it's saying here is the parts that are not presentable, the parts that you don't see out front. You know, those are the parts that are more, more, uh, they're just as important as anything else. We only give tribute to the parts that are presentable. You know, it's like that person. I, I know this is a crazy analogy. It's like that person who 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 irons their 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 shirt and leave the back wrinkled because they put their jacket on. <laughs> then they become bound because they can't take the jacket off because the front looks presentable, but the back is wrinkled. So therefore, they are now in bondage. How many of you ever stumped your toe? How many of you ever done that in the night going to the bathroom and you hit that little toe on the corner of a dresser? And we're not going to say what you said when you did that. But what I'm saying is it shuts your whole body down. How many of you ever had uh, a stomach ailment or been nauseated? Let me tell you something. You can't see the stomach. You can't see what's going on on the inside of it. But what does it do? It shuts your whole body down. When you lose your equilibrium and you get off balance, it affects the whole body. We don't understand that. When you get to a place where one side of your ear is stopped up, you can't see inside of it. You don't see the ear canal. You don't see the eardrum, but it affects the whole body. This is what I'm saying. It's the same way in the body of Christ. Every part has a, a place and every part is significant. And when we don't take that to heart, those uncomely parts, we don't think that they are indispensable until we lose them. And even if they're not presentable, we find out how necessary they are. You know, there's a lot of things in relationships. There are a lot of things in our in our relationships with our family, with our children. We 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 take for granted until we don't have them anymore. And when we don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, when we don't have them anymore, it creates a void. Anybody with me? What am I saying? Encourage someone on purpose. Don't do it because do it because it's 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 number one is needed. Do it by faith, but do it on purpose. Pray for someone and then tell them, I am praying for you. Tell them, I don't know what you're going through. You know, there's been a time that Bishop has called me, and there were things I was dealing with in my life, and no one knew it because I didn't get up and I didn't say it, I didn't voice it. And Bishop would call me and he would say, uh, hey, son, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good, Bishop. Look, I didn't want nothing. But you've just been in my spirit a lot here lately. And I said, let me let me call. Let me call Rick, see how he's doing. He said, because, you know, I know when someone comes up in my spirit like that as often as you come up, I just wanted to call you and touch bases with you. Son, you all right? That has such a great impact on me because I knew God was behind it. I knew God was working in that. I knew God was still concerned about me. I knew God was still perfecting that which concerns me. And it was so powerful. And I walked away from that conversation 
not so much I thank God for Bishop and not so much that I was looking at Bishop. I was looking at the God that spoke to him. That's why it's so important. Do it on purpose. Lift up someone and don't take anyone for granted. Are you, are you following me? People are so important in our lives. And you can take them for granted. And you can say to yourself, I can do without them. It's only when you are without them do you see all of the voids that they filled. All of the things that you needed, all of the things that you took for granted that you were getting from them. Are you listening? And when it's not there, you know that thing about the grass seems to be greener over the fence until you got over the fence and you saw it was artificial turf. Are you listening? And the grass was green on this side because it took a lot of work. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? Don't take people for granted is what I'm saying. Always tell those you love that you love them. Tell those that you care about that you care about them. Don't just tell them because we have uh, a capacity to just tell people all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you, but we don't show them. Show people that you love them. Don't say it as much as you as you show it. Your actions tell people exactly how you feel about them. Your words are, are lifeless. Jesus said with their lips, they do honor me. And with their mouth, he said, they, 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 they lift me up. He said, but it is their heart and their actions that are far from me. You know, sometimes I like to look at people that I believe has been left out. That folks will not come up to them and say, you are a blessing to me. And I try to make it my business to go to them and tell them, you know what? I thank God for you. You are very special in the body of Christ. We need to do that. We need to do that. Now, let me continue to move on. Um. Like I said, don't take people for granted. I wanted to look at uh, Galatians chapter 6. I'm kind of thinking here, I'm losing track of my time, how how much time I got. But uh, I, I want to get this out here, Galatians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 10. As we therefore, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, the Bible says do good to all men. You know, not just to save, but the Bible says, you know, even down to your the people you work for, not unto those who are respectful, but even to the forward. The Bible says that carry, carry, um, the the torch of God so people can begin to see God in your life. Are you listening? So don't don't just the body of Christ is so important. Do good unto all men, especially to those 
who are of the household of faith. Why? Because of that edification aspect. Because of the building up of the body. Because of the strengthening of the body. You, you follow what I'm saying? That is why it is so important. We have to do that. Now, listen to this. I want to show, share this with you. He said, let us look for opportunity to build one another up. What is opportunity? Opportunity as is defined as an occasion or a situation that makes it possible to do something. Seek opportunity. Look for the opportunity to be able to do something. Look for the opportunity to build someone up. Look for the opportunity. You know, we we don't even get we don't even give to one another like we should in the body of Christ. Are you listening? Some of us will never laterally gift to another person and say, you know, I saw this the other day and I thought about you and I just decided to be a blessing to you. We don't do it. I don't understand. The Bible says, listen, and it's twofold. A man's gift will make room for him. We don't do it. And sometimes we don't give to people unless it can be seen or unless it can be known. But these are small ways to build the body. This is small ways to edify the body. This is small ways to strengthen the body. We have to become more conscious of building up one another and encouraging one another. Everybody needs encouragement. What are you going through right now? What is it that you are in no one knows about? that you could use a word of encouragement right now? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your family? Is it on your career? Even is it at church? You need someone to say to you, you are doing a great job. You are doing a great job. That, that is one of the reasons why we lack the spirit of excellence. Because people many times are not told the job that they're doing is adequate. That is great. Are, are, you, are you listening? Now, listen, let me just make this plain because I know what some people are saying. Nobody told me. Listen, if you are not doing an adequate job, we're not talking about somebody just coming up and pumping you up. We're talking about you first should examine yourself and see if you are all in. Are, are you listening? These are things you have to do within the confines of your own consciousness. But what I'm saying is, is everyone needs encouragement. Now, we don't want to live on that because if you did, when no one says anything to you, you will sit down. Are, are you listening? Sometimes you tell your kid, your room looks so nice. You have done a great job in your room. And then for the next month, man, it looked like, man, uh, the, the, the uh, landfill. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Most of the time, if you're not careful and you, and you build up a novice, a novice will sit down. But that's another story. So an opportunity is an occasion or a situation that makes it possible for you to do something. Now, 
Let's get ready to uh, bring this thing home. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I'm going to show you because when people are in a situation, sometimes maybe you might not have someone to come to you. Maybe someone didn't tell you that you did a great job when you thought you did a great job. Maybe someone didn't tell you that they recognize what you did when you did it. Maybe you feel as though that you have been taken for granted. Maybe you feel like that all this time, and that's what most people do, they allude to, is like all this work that I've done and you haven't told me I've done a good job. Listen to me. There is a time in your walk and a time in your life and a time in Christ when you are moving forward that it's going to require you to grow. And maybe everyone won't tell you that you've done a great job. It should not cause you to crash. Did you follow what I'm saying? Here we look at 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, and we understand about David. We know that David came back to Ziglag with all his men. And not only did he come back to Ziglag, no one ran out. It was a customary thing that when the leader came back with his entourage, people would run out beating tambourines and percussion instruments and throwing a party to let them know we are so glad you are back home. But they didn't see that. When they came back, David knew then something was wrong. Then they didn't hear any tambourines. They didn't hear any tambourines. They didn't hear any of that. They knew something was wrong. Then they began to smell the smell of smoke, and they could see smoke in the horizon. They knew something was wrong. When they got back to Ziglag, to the village, they looked and they saw that the city had been ravished, that the people had been taken. And at that point, people begin to go into a depression. And it happens to us when things are not going right, when we have a succession of things that are not going the way we plan. We tend to become oppressed. We tend to become depressed. When David saw this, not only did that happen, but all of his familiar friends turned their back on him. Not only did they want to walk away, they wanted to stone him before they did. So what we see here is a landslide of emotions. Did you get it? David was at a place at that time. He had to go. You remember, remember all of those sermons you heard? The ones you amen to. The ones you said, I got it. The ones you say, I was blessed. The one you say, I heard. The ones you say the Lord spoke to me, all of those ones that you say that was a powerful service. It's amazing that people acknowledge the service, the word, the encouragement when it happens. But when it comes time to use it, it's almost like it evades them. It eludes them. And at that time, this is the time for you to look inwardly and remember all of the things that you learned. And this is the time to use them. And the Bible says in verse 6, when all of this had happened, listen to what it says. And David was greatly distressed, not just distressed, greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, not just the people, his buddies, his homies, all right, his road dogs. They're the ones that wanted to stone him because the soul 
all the people were grieved. People will translate their grief onto you. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Look at this. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's going to come a time that your praise the Lord, but it's not going to be there. There's going to come a time that things are going to change in your life. There are going to come a time the narrative is going to change in your life. There's going to come a time all those you thought were with you are going to walk. All those you thought were with you are going to turn. All those you thought that were with you are going to walk away from you and totally, totally, don't you, listen, you're going to have to take everything you learned at that time you're going to have to be sustained from the inside. You're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You're going to have to know that God is for you. You're going to have to know, and I like the way Bishop said it. He said that people are like a train station. Some people get on, some people get off. You're going to have to know that. You cannot allow yourself to determine your value by who gets on or who gets off. This is going to come a time that everything you've ever heard, everything you said you learned, every scripture you ever marked in your Bible has got to become a reality. And you are going to have to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Go back to all the memorials that you stacked up along the way to say, God did it again. God did it again. God did it again. You're going to have to go back to those God did it agains, and you are going to have to strengthen yourself from the inside with the God did it agains. And that's how you're going to have to encourage yourself. So I close with this scripture, and I'm going to show you exactly how you take those God did it agains and encourage yourself in the Lord because you might be there right now. Christmas is coming up. You may not have heard from your best friend. No one may have showed you that your name is on a gift under their tree. You are going to have to know that life is more than raiment and your health is more than just the food. You are going to have to go back to the God did it again and you're going to have to encourage yourself. This is a sign of maturity. Everybody might not want to hear this, but this is what you're going to have to do. And we do that with the uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And these are the things you know. Finally, that means after all is done, after all is said, after all has been experienced, finally, my brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, with no shade to them, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, you're going to have to stop dwelling on the negative. You're going to have to stop reliving what they said, what they did. You're going to have to stop looking at all the things that depress you. And you're going to have to pull in a repertoire of things that encourage and build you up. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. 
Those are the things you're going to have to think on. And you're going to have to uh, know if they're true, if they're lovely, if they're of good report. Think on all of those God did it against. Think on how all the times God brought you out when the devil said that you couldn't come out. Think of all the things you were diagnosed with, but you overcame them. Think of all the things that the devil said this is the end, but it's not the end because you're still here. Think about the times he attacked your family. Think about all of those things that had you worried. But you ended up with good report. I, Isaiah said, who have believed our report? You have because you experienced the glory of God. Think on these things. And this is how you have to do it. You have to remember God is for you. And he has a plan. God is for you. And he has a plan. God has a plan. Doesn't matter what the enemy is showing you right now. God has a plan, and he that have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. God has a plan. It's not over till God said it's over. Doesn't matter what you've seen. You've seen this before. You saw the face of defeat before. It doesn't matter. God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he has a plan. God said. The plans I have for you are not contingent upon what the enemy is showing you. It's not contingent upon your circumstances that are around you. I have a plan. Believe in my plan. Trust in my plan. Walk out my plan. And you will see the glory of God. This sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God might be manifest. This grief is not unto death but that the glory of God might be manifested. This poverty is not unto your shame. You're just in a season. And there is a season coming behind this to where you will be bringing in the sheaves. But you've got to walk out God's plan. Praise God. <clears throat> I close by saying, trust him. Trust him. I hope you've been blessed by this. Don't forget, guys. We are still believing God to pay off our church. Let's not be slack now. Let's keep our nose to the grindstone and trust God. Trust God with your Christmas. God has a plan. And this is going to be the best one yet. You might not believe that. It might not look like it. This is going to be the best one yet. Amen. Say it with me. Say, this is going to be the best one yet. Amen. So think on those things that have good report. Share this message. Subscribe so you know when the next video drop. I want to encourage you and remind you also that we're not going to be in the building on Sunday, but join us for a word of encouragement to you, for you, on Christmas Day. We love you so much. And we will resume our regular schedule um, uh, services. Stay tuned on our site and you will see the schedule. But up until that point, whatever you do, whenever you do it, and however you do it, make sure 
that you are encouraged. That's where your strength comes from. And that's why, you know, throughout Christmas and the new year, it'll be possible for you too. <laughs> Keep it real.